0: This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station, KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from zoo to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now.
1: You bet it does. Welcome into this Friday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1, KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris all here. You can join us with a call or a text at 875-KTGR. Thanks for spending the start of your weekend with us, and guess what, Brendan? It appears that the wait is finally over. The wait is finally
2: over. Know, is this right? some kind of emotional riddle? What am I? What am I getting myself? It into? It can be
1: whatever you want it to be. If we're being totally okay. honest, I mean, okay. It, what it, is it, have we been waiting for something here in these parts when it comes to you know mid Missouri sports for the oh, last yes I don't know three weeks Mizzou
2: oh oh three weeks well, I, three I was weeks. thinking oh. I was thinking like Mizzou basketball national championship or something. Oh um, oh. But, because like I've been waiting for that technically sure. my whole life. But but I think I am hip to what you're talking about. It may pertain to that coaching vacancy for Mizzou football that is no longer a vacancy. Sure
1: seems that way. We're gonna talk about the uh the new DC and uh who the Tigers are targeting for that spot in just a few minutes. We'll also talk championship weekend in the NFL. Who you got, Chiefs or Ravens in the AFC championship game? We'll talk about the NFC uh, side as well and what Super Bowl matchup you would want to see. Uh, Tell us that, 875-KTGR at 505. We'll discuss that ad nauseum. And we'll also talk about it with Rob Vino of wagertalk.com and get some of the betting angles for these two big-time football games this weekend. So a lot to get to. Our picks of the week also at 545. You don't want to miss that. 875-5847. You can call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook too at Facebook.com/slash KTGR Big Show.
0: Now, the Big Show's big deal.
1: It appears close to done. Mizzou targeting South Alabama defensive coordinator Corey Batoon to become their next DC for the 2024 season. Batoon, a lot of coaching experience, several different stops. Of course, most recently South Alabama. He was also at Liberty, Hawaii, Florida, Atlantic, Ole Miss, Arkansas State, even Central Missouri State back when it was called that. Now it's UCM in Lawrenceburg. But uh, a lot of stops for one Corey Batoon set to replace Blake Baker as the D.C. Baker left for LSU about three weeks ago. And uh, that was first reported by Pete Famel of ESPN earlier this afternoon. Gabe Jarman of PowerMizzou.com also confirmed that that is the choice for Mizzou, but the deal is not done just yet. So we'll wait to see when that becomes official. But it appears that Batoon is the guy to be Mazoo's next D.C. That's The Big Show's big deal on this 26th day of January, 2024. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us.
2: All this time, Andy, the weeks that, that go by, we were worried about how Mizzou, when Mizzou would replace Blake Baker at defensive coordinator, and now I can simply say, Batuna Matata, my friends. No worries, everything. Uh, is hey, hey, waiter, hey, gravy. waiter, send this one back, send this one back. <laughs>
3: uh, it was like mold on the bread. Uh,
1: he was sitting on that uh, for the like. Are he was sitting on that
2: for like four hours this afternoon. No, he was doing. Hey, hey, he this meat like, is cooked all the way. Oh, I know what I want to say. Hey, game time is on time. I just now thought it would be a nice thing to say, and so I just broke it out. No, I didn't write that down. No, I didn't plan that in the notes app of my phone. Oh yeah, uh, Batuna Matata. I don't know. It just kind of rolls. I think no worries. We were so worried about you know is Mizzou gonna get a coordinator? What is anybody? Is Andy Humphrey gonna coach the defense? What are we gonna? And now it's you know we're getting nobody this wants guy. that. So,
1: there would be plenty of worries if that were if that were the case. No, I'm your coaching record
2: that. from <laughs> what I can recall uh subpar at best for, for your basketball coach more so <laughs> right yeah but still they'll be a little confused uh,
1: yeah the, the guys like chuck hicks and tristan newson will be a little confused when i tell them to banana cut you know it's, yeah it's yep. not
2: gonna translate i don't think that move isn't gonna uh, not no. gonna
1: not gonna fly
2: uh, I can so, see you in a visor out there though on the practice field we'll a visor see. and a little uh, whistle yeah, get you I mean, a little whistle <laughs>
1: All for appearances. I bet I could pull it off. Everything else, definitely not. Uh, Corey Batune, looking like he's going to be the next Mizzou defensive coordinator. What do you think, Tiger fans? 875-KTGR. Call or text us here with your thoughts. I mean, here's the thing. you You can't really judge these on day one. The only time you can start judging it is when the team actually goes out on the field and gives some results and whatever that looks like. It's just... We can't overreact to it, but here's how we do it. Here's how we look at yeah, what let's happened. React here's and how we look at react. what happened with what Corey Betune has done so far. And I think you just look at okay. what's most recently uh, gone down at South Alabama. Oh, we
2: did for Kirby Moore. That's right, exactly yeah, what we did. Kirby we Moore. said, "What did Fresno State's offense do last year?" Right. So
1: let's do that. Well, here. let's take a look at what South Alabama's uh, defense did last year in the Sun Belt. They were pretty darn good. They were number two in the in the Sun Belt in yards allowed per game, number three in scoring defense. If you translate it to across the country, South Alabama, total yards allowed per game, 15th in all of FBS. So that's everybody. And uh, I kind of honed it in a little more to, okay, so great. Yards per game, that's fine. But today's age of college football, it's all about explosive plays. That's what you're hunting on offense, what's what you're trying to get. it almost dictates a little bit more of who's winning the game and who's not, who gets the most defensive or not the defense but explosive plays throughout a game. And looking back at the opponents long rushing plays that South Alabama allowed this year, second in the Sun Belt in 10 plus plays of rushing in in the uh, in the Sun Belt and as far as passing plays, I kind of broke it down to 20 plus yard plays. South Alabama was tops in the conference in allowing that. Ooh. It was... What do you think that says, though? Is that really like
2: scheme? That's scheme, man. That's... Could be scheme,
1: could be talent, could be a whole bunch of different
2: they're factors. They're playing in South Alabama, though. I'm going to give it credit to the scheme. No offense. I mean, oh, I'm sure yeah. they're great kids. I mean, sure. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, that's a good... To me, that's a good sign. And I like... What did you say? 15th in yards, which... I I think against uh, FBS opponents, is actually even better 10th in the nation if you only factor what everybody did against their their FBS opponents. So um, good performer at that group of five level, right? That's uh, not to draw too simplistic of a comparison, but that's kind of what you saw with Kirby Moore coming in. And we looked in the offensive side of the ball last year around this time and said, oh, well, you know, uh, Fresno State looked like they had a pretty good offense last year, and this is a guy that's experienced as well. Kind of like that. Um, sometimes you go, oh, you know, get get some, some young blood in there. But the, I don't know. This is a guy who's been around the block, who's seen a lot at the collegiate level, and clearly everywhere he's gone, his teams have had good defenses. So I can't tell you I had ever heard his name before a couple of hours ago, Andy, but I also I like to hire, as, as long as the players like to hire, too. The first thing I saw to note that something might be afoot was when I saw Dalen Carnell tweet the eyes emoji, mm-hmm. which I, it's better than him tweeting like the, the the crossed-out eyes rolling in the back of your head emoji, like, seems like he's into it. If the Mizzou players are into it, then I'm into it because I think it's important to keep this group uh, as intact as it can be. But, yeah, the fact that he's had success and, 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 you know, it doesn't necessarily mean something that I've never heard of the guy before, right? we Sometimes we always want the, the immediate flashy name and say, all right, they got somebody I've heard of. That doesn't really matter. Like you said, we'll judge it on the field when the time comes but in terms of like initial reaction i'm not like doing backflips i'm glad they hired someone and i also seem like this could be a pretty good one
1: They hired a sunbelt guy eli drinkwitz former sunbelt guy it it's not a bad place to draw from come on
2: it's not i will say though you said ucm i don't know mizzou's hired coaches from there before in various sports oh stop um, <laughs> not to beat the dead horse of kim anderson it. though uh, I'm just kidding.
1: He was there for a year, 1996. And again, they weren't called UCM back then. It was of course not. Central Missouri yeah. State.
2: Naturally. So they've uh, changed
1: the name since. But uh, but yeah, I, here here's maybe the knock. It, that was the good part of this that you can draw from that probably means nothing for 2024. you got to see the team on the field, but it's just trying to go back of past experiences of what Corey Battoon has done. And this past season, South Alabama's defense was pretty darn good here's maybe the, the thing you have to overcome. He's been at Ole Miss. He was an assistant coach there for a couple years. He was, he also had some administrative roles there, some player development, recruiting ops, things like that, uh, for about, you know, better part of five years. But that's really his only power five stop. Everything else, okay. you're talking like Montana, northern Arizona, Arkansas State, Florida Atlantic, Hawaii, junior college stop like the, So when we talk about high major experience, there's some, not as much as, you know, maybe you saw from maybe other candidates. That's, that's all you're saying.
2: So how do you react to that? Do you call that a, is that a concern? Is that it's not a huge one in a positive? To I don't me, think it's that worrisome.
1: I, you do have to have a bit of a, a learning curve sometimes, but it's not like a guy like Corey Battoon, who is, I believe in his fifties, doesn't know what happens at the P five level at the SEC level. I mean, he's been entrenched in Alabama for the last few years. He's he's coached at Liberty and uh Ford Atlantic. I mean, some of these other schools he's been at around the same region as the SEC. Yeah. So no, I'm not too worried about uh, you know, his impact on recruiting. He seems that he can give Mizzou the same leg up. That I think Blake Baker did in his time here, so I'm not too worried about that aspect. It is going to be something that people point to, though. Like, okay, you were at Ole Miss for five years, but where else in Power Five did you actually experience this this level of the
2: game? And he wasn't a DC at Ole Miss or anything, right? It no, was a, you, no. you mentioned just like some other uh, various assistant. roles. I mean, yeah.
1: Just this is just reading off his South Alabama. Uh, bio page, and okay. in every single one of these stops, it says assistant coach. So I, it, it's very vague on that side. Yeah. I can probably go to a different page and see if it if it gives a little more detail. But I would assume it wasn't in a big time DC role or anything like that.
2: Okay, but I mean, look, the the guys that have had that experience, Blake Baker, you know, he steps in and then he's off to another SEC school. Like, I don't need you to have been in the fires in the SEC before because it doesn't mean that you can't be today, right? Eli Drinkwitz wasn't SEC experienced as a head coach until he was. Um, Kirby Moore, you know, I I feel like Mizzou is a perfect proving ground for some of these guys that deserve opportunities. And I like the success that his defenses have had where he's been. So I'm not really going to, and like, you might say, well, he's in his mid fifties and it's just now, you know, just now making this leap. Sometimes it happens. Like I'm not I'm not going to look at that and say oh that that's a sign that you know that they're getting somebody who who well why wasn't he at this level ten years ago or five years ago? I really don't think it's everybody's got their different path and it seems like this is a guy who would you describe him as an up and comer know well, maybe not based on age alone but I think based on the resume you could look at that and say yeah he's 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 going to bring some unique perspective I think to this role and again I've seen some commentary that kind of scheme wise and different things that he does is is not all too dissimilar from what you came to expect from Blake Baker. So, like, I think that's an important element, too. Like, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel necessarily with what this defense is looking to do after you had success. You you obviously had players that fit the, the scheme and the types of, of style of defense that you wanted to run. And so, while it's going to be different, it doesn't necessarily need to be completely unfamiliar to what, y'all just did because they're bringing back a lot of players and, and, and integrating some new guys. So I don't know, I have a I have a generally positive view in terms like of a, a first take Andy on yeah. the hire. I'm not sure if that's cuz like you said you don't want to overreact because it's, we just we just found out again, didn't know the guy's name yesterday. So I don't want to pretend like I have all this institutional knowledge, but like from what I'm reading so far, I'm 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 encouraged.
1: Well, and the thing is you it was important I think this year for you know, how 2024 is setting up and how it could be a big year for uh, for Mizzou with the schedule and the momentum they have and everything like that. Uh, to If you were losing one of your coordinators, to replace them with somebody who had some decent defensive coordinator experience and maybe particularly play calling experience. Uh, that's maybe the knock there was against uh, DJ Smith. And I'm not trying to knock DJ Smith in this at all. Uh, because he's, he had the core defensive coordinator job, and maybe he still will have it uh, as he sticks around here at Mizzou. Um, I think Eli Drinkwitz needed somebody who had experience calling plays, could be comfortable with that, and not someone who was maybe doing it for the very first time. And yeah, fair. this guy's done it in multiple places. He did it at South Alabama the last three years, did it at Hawaii when he was uh, under Nick Rolovich between 18 and 19, He's even been a special teams coordinator. That's actually the job that he had the last couple of years at Ole Miss. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a wide range of the, the things that he's covered. He's also a safeties. He was the safeties coach at South Alabama, too, so he can basically take the same two job titles that Blake Baker was holding right. here, defensive coordinator and safeties coach. So now you're only looking for a D-line coach uh, to fill out the rest of the staff. Yeah, I I think right now on the surface, we we haven't seen a single game yet. We haven't seen a single practice yet with this guy as Mizzou's defense. It's not even a press
3: conference. (laughs) He's not
1: actually officially the coach. (laughs) As far (laughs) as we know, the pen had not even been papered yet. (laughs) Uh, But the paper had not even been penned. Well, I I knew what you meant. uh, Backwards. Uh, But on the surface, yeah, like you, Brendan, I'm a little more encouraged by this because, uh, again, you need a guy with experience. He's got it. You needed a guy that had results. He's got them. Now we'll see how it translates. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I think in the end you can still have some encouragement. They didn't uh, – I don't think on the surface they screwed this up but at all.
2: And, again, didn't you have some uneasy feelings during those days where they didn't have a coordinator and you're just going, I know they're going to hire one, but wouldn't you just feel a lot better if they, if they kind of had that step taken care of, that box has been checked? And now, it again, not officially, but it, all the steam seems to be pointing in the direction that it's going to be Corey Batoon. And now we can finally say, hey, no more worries, Batuna and Matata. How many times is he
1: going to say that? I don't know. No, I, it,
2: I don't know. It's growing on me. How many times <laughs> is it really, going to happen? Like a fungus. Okay, so I think I've done it like three so far. Yeah. I'm going to say probably like a lot over the next, <laughs> oh, how many years do you think he'll be here? I don't know, I don't, I, like I during the season, imagine this, all right, it's the big show in like September 2024 and we're previewing one of the games. I probably say it a lot then, like this is, it's part of the vernacular now, you might have to get used to it. It is kind of a little bit of a tongue twister though, you got to make sure you're you're taking your time so you don't, you know, miss up any of the, the characters, Batuna Matata. Corey Batoon. I hope that's how you pronounce his name because if it's not, that's going to be a real. That's going to
1: really screw up your. That's uh, going to
2: put a wrench in that. Yeah. So we'll wait. We'll wait confirmation we'll, on the pronunciation. Eight,
1: eight, eight seven five KTGR. Corey Batoon <laughs> means no worry. Is uh, is looking like the next Mizzou defensive coordinator? Not official yet. But those are the reports. Give us your thoughts on him. eight seven five KTGR.
2: I just I'm going to think of like a whole alternative lyrics to the song, too. I'm already kind of no, my, my, that's my brain's no already oh, boy. the gears are spinning.
1: <laughs> means no. worries. We're going to have a fake uh, studio here and uh, try to try to get this rolling. Whatever we, do, we, what do we, do we do
2: call our studios here. Or you could say this. You could say it means lots of worries for the rest of the SEC because Betuna Matata is here and in effect in Colombia. All right. Was that, that the whole
3: song? Those are all the lyrics. You're going to sing all no, of that?
2: We're, we're we're workshopping. No, I, there's a reason I spoke through that rather than singing it live because I, yeah, the the syllables might need some. It means, means worries actually means no worries. for everybody else. It Am means I right, worries folks? Worries actually for yeah, the I mean, rest again, of your huh? plays. For the rest of your plays. See, we're going to figure this out. We can we can get we're it. We're going to figure done. this
1: out. We can get yep. it done.
3: You have a commercial break to figure it out before I did that bit. <laughs>
1: Dang it, now Brendan's got me on board all of a sudden. How did this happen? I don't it's know. It's pretty good. I hit the Text horn on you at first.
2: 875-KTGR, uh, that's the number, right? Text us, let us know if you're in on Batuna Matata or not. I think it's pretty good. Andy's on the fence. Chris is decidedly out, but I think we can get him on board. Uh, Batuna Matata. Oh, man. I need to tweet that out. Make sure that's I, trademark. I sure,
1: hope that uh, Corey Betune isn't listening right now. And then, like he hears that, and he's, oh no, turn around, go back to. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm you out hand. Hand. Oh, 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 no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> I'm you can't out of be here. part of that. He I'm going, going back to, to Hawaii, right? Yeah,
0: he's
3: he,
1: was, he, he was coming from COU. He was right, oh, turning bad, on guys. to. He was turning on to
2: Providence, and like, oh no. The, the driver is Turn like around. Flipping, through ta- flipping through the radio yeah. stations, too. Yeah, exactly. And, and he goes, hey, wait, wait a minute. I think they're talking about me. And the driver's like, nope, nope. This R- isn't anything R- you no, need no, to No, no, you don't need to hear that. My no,
3: no. Just yeah, keep walking. Move along,
1: just keep
2: walking. move along.
1: What else is there?
2: Ooh, Y-107. What? Yeah,
1: what? <laughs> there's a good one.
2: <laughs> Let's just leave it on that. They'll probably not, <laughs> not deal with any batuna and Matata over there. Oh, I don't
1: boy. 875-KTGR. Corey Batune. Looking like the next Mizzou defensive coordinator. What do you think about him? 875 KTGR. Uh, We'll talk more about that, but we'll first get the thoughts on this NFL championship weekend. And particularly, if you're in a jurisdiction of legality, what bets you might be able to place on this one? What are the best bets? What could happen in either of these two games? Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com joins us for that perspective
0: next on The Big Show. You are listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Tell us what you think of Mizzou's
1: reported new defensive coordinator, Corey Battoon, reports from... A.K.A.
2: Battoon and Matata. Yeah.
1: That's at least what we're coining him here on this show. Uh, Most of us are on board with it.
2: I'm coining it. I'm dragging Andy and Chris, kicking and screaming. <laughs> although I think I have Andy on board. We'll see. I mean, Batoon, I'm a little more.
1: I'm a little more open to it than Chris is. Uh, reports from Pete Thamble of ESPN and Gabe Yarmuth of PowerMizzou.com. Uh, Gabe saying that it is the that he is the tar the target, Corey Batoon, But it is not officially done yet. We'll wait to see when that ends up happening. But give us your thoughts on him. Eight seven five K T G R. Here on the Big Show at four twenty six. Let's talk NFL Championship Weekend, the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Chiefs and Ravens, Lions and 49ers should be excellent fun on Sunday afternoon slash evening. And here to talk with us about it and the betting angles that you could get from these games, Rob Vino of Wagertalk.com here on the KTGR hotline. You can find them on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports and go read their stuff at Wagertalk.com. Robbie, how are you today?
4: I am good today, Andy. How are you guys?
1: We're doing good. It's Looking to be a pretty solid weekend of NFL football, and we might as well just start with the Chiefs and the Ravens. Now, there is concern of Joe Tooney missing the game. They did officially say today uh, for the Chiefs that he is out. So uh, I wonder how much you maybe see that as an impact on the Chiefs' offensive line and what they're trying to do on offense and and how that might uh, change things here a little bit.
4: Well, I mean, he's obviously had a great year. And when, you know, when the media has presented that information to you this week, you almost think it's the end of the world until you realize that Nick Allegretti behind him has played a lot of Kansas City Chiefs football. I mean, it's obviously a downgrade, but it's not kicking little the sky is falling. Allegretti, um, obviously Andy Reid and the offense have a ton of faith in him, and obviously he's been in these spots before. So I don't know that it's as big a deal as um, maybe it's being made out to be a downgrade, yet a significant downgrade. I'm not sure Baltimore can just line up and say, hey, we're going to expose this guard position because uh, Joe Thuny's out. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't think I view it as massive an absence as maybe, you know, people that just hear it presented that way. Oh, no, all pro guard is out. um, View it as trouble.
2: And so maybe the Chiefs are still able to move the football, whether it's via the pass, via the run. We know what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can do. But at the same time, Robbie, these are the two top-scoring defenses in the NFL this season. We've got a total sitting around 44 and a half. I love asking you about totals. How do you view this one? Uh, maybe a little bit of weather concern. Eh, we've seen that kind of stuff before. But these are two elite quarterbacks, but at the same time two defenses that you don't want to sleep on either. How does that impact the way you're viewing the over-under this weekend?
4: Yeah, I would like to get there with over, to tell you the truth, Brendan. The rain, and back in the beginning of the week, it didn't look as if we were going to have this rain. I mean, here on the East Coast, for those who don't know, and I'm, you know, probably an hour, 10 minutes from that stadium where I'm located at home. um, All snow last week, freezing cold, warmed up starting yesterday, really warm today, warm for the weekend. But then, you know, Saturday is a clear day. And then Sunday, all of a sudden, we have rain. So it me off a little bit. I think that what you said about two elite quarterbacks um, playing in this game rings true. I think it rang true last week in that Kansas City-Buffalo game where the over was a ticket that you would have cashed in that particular game. I think Kansas City's offense looks much better last couple of weeks than what it did um, previously. So there's some things where offense could... Um, you know, rain supreme in this game against these defenses. But, you know, and the weather conditions, it's not going to be like a heavy rain like it was in San Francisco for Brock Purdy. It'll be a lighter rain. So I'm still considering it. But I will say this Steve Brendan, real quick, that I think the Chiefs know they have to score. I mean, the Ravens, for what it's worth, they've scored 30 or more points in eight of their last 12 games. So you're not going to beat them, you know, 10-7, 14-13, something like that. Um, And in that grouping of 830-plus point games, a lot of it came against playoff teams, Detroit, Cleveland, the Rams, San Francisco, Miami, Houston. Uh, So if you're Kansas City, you know you have to score in this particular contest. So that would lead me forward over. I don't know about you guys. I get this feeling that this game is a lot like the Michigan-Washington National Championship game where I keep coming back to the point where the hardball team is so physical, and over the course of sixty minutes, and they just wear Kansas City out. If you perceive that that's the way the game's going to go, then you need the Chiefs to get out in front early. Because I, you know, I'm starting to ramble here, but let me just give you another. No, point I like it. Quick. I I do yeah, like I, it,
2: Robbie, because it is. It's kind of you can see both angles on it. There's a lot to get into, so we appreciate
4: it. Yeah, let me just say that, you know. This week, all we've heard is how great Baltimore is, right? Great, 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 great. Okay, they're great. We get it. But they're 10-10 at halftime with Houston last week. They're being outgained by Houston at halftime last week, 145-130, I think it was. And for what it's worth, Houston has no ground game to speak of, no offensive line to speak of. So they're a one-armed offense, and they still threw for 131 yards. They blew some early opportunities. My point being here, if you're on the Chiefs on Sunday, you want them to be out in front. The playoff knock on Lamar Jackson that still exists until he you know, shakes it is that if the opponent in a playoff game gets ahead, they can't come from behind. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it is this year because I do think the offensive weaponry is much better and maybe Todd Monken's offense is better suited for them. But still, if Houston had done a little more damage in the first half, that game, probably, I mean, Baltimore played a great half, the second half. Other than that, they were kind of like toe-to-toe with D'Amico Ryans and his defense. So um, I don't know that Baltimore is, you know, we always say it's what you saw with your eyes last, that people believe, right? And I think they believe that Baltimore's on this pedestal right now and KC kind of lucked out and maybe they're not equal. Although heading into last week, I have to say that I heard plenty of people how Steve Spagnola is one of the greatest defensive coordinators in playoff history, and all of a sudden, after one game against Buffalo, he's not anymore. So I, I don't know. It's kind of funny how things change in six, seven days.
1: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Rob Vino of WagerTalk.com with us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR dot com. can follow him on Twitter at Rob Vino Sports. You know, just just one more thing I had on on this game here, Robbie. The the running ability of of Lamar Jackson obviously is is a huge deal. Patrick Mahomes his running ability not nearly as much of his game but still very strong. Uh, I wonder how you see both quarterbacks uh, operating in that aspect of the game uh, and, and how much it could affect, you know, uh, putting their team in position of uh, of putting up some of these numbers and maybe even, you know, touchdowns versus field goals in the red zone and things like that.
4: You know, it's like you're a mind reader, Andy, because as soon as I stop talking, I'm looking at my notes and I'm saying, darn, I forgot to talk about Lamar Jackson running. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. No, all good. Um, You know, last week we saw him take off quite a few times for big yardage, right? But every time you saw that, Houston was in man-to-man coverage where Jackson looks. He sees the backs of jerseys, a lot of open green and takes off. I would expect that Steve Spagnuolo in this game plan has more eyes on Jackson, maybe a lot more zone coverage to make sure that he doesn't get to take off and gain those huge chunks like he did last week. And the opposite side of that coin is Baltimore really is kind of a macho style defense where Mike McDonald lines up and says, we're going to play you man-to-man and we're going to come after you physically. And maybe Patrick Mahomes is the guy that looks downfield this week and sees the backs of jerseys and a lot of open green and takes off. I think that's one area where – and we'll see how they call it game plan-wise. I mean, obviously, I don't sit in on team meetings, but I just know from watching last week that maybe Steve Spagnola can make some adjustments that limit Lamar a little bit and maybe Baltimore's tendency to not come out of what they do best will enhance what Mahomes can do rushing the football. If you're a prop better, um, and I'm not, but, you know, you look towards those rushing yards, maybe Patrick has a decent day rushing.
2: Interesting stuff. And then on the other game, I mean, again, with the total, it's like you always want to see those two offenses go nuts and and go over the total. But how many times this season, Rob, have we seen these 50-plus point totals sort of end up being a letdown? Is that a possibility here when it comes to Lions 49ers, or do you see a way at, at the potential shootout between these two really good offenses? Yeah, you're
4: trying to rain on my parade, Brendan. <laughs> um, Look, I want to be I, I right think... there with you. I do.
2: <laughs> but it's tough when we keep getting burned on it these is. high totals.
4: You're right. And the one thing that's a concern, I think Andy brought it up um, previously with the KC game, is turning touchdowns into field goals. You can't have it. When these games do stay under, that's what happens. It's not for lack of scoring opportunities, it's not for lack of total yardage, um, it's not for lack of offenses being better than defense. It's because you get down in that red zone and you don't score touchdowns. A couple of things here where it might be different. Last week, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but it just seemed like Brock Purdy, and he was bad last week, but it looked like he was uncomfortable in that heavy rain. Uh, Do I wear a glove? Do I not wear a glove? His throws were way off. In better weather conditions, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially against this past defense, that he could have a much bigger day um, whether Debo Samuel's involved or not. The other side of the coin, when you look at Detroit's offense and can they move the football, you know, as time went on here and after watching last week's game, Detroit and Green Bay are very comparable mirror image-wise as far as offense is concerned. Their offensive lines can, and they did root up San Francisco's defensive front because Aaron Jones had a day. And that's what Detroit likes to do with their highly touted offensive line. They can run the football. And then Jared Goff can turn it into yardage, um, you know, with play action. And when I went back a little bit, I found, you know what, Arizona ran for big yardage against San Francisco. There were a couple others that I don't have off the top of my head here um, without checking down and reading notes that um, where San Francisco gave up big yardage. And I'm thinking they're just not the same defense that maybe they're perceived to be or maybe the defense that we saw earlier in the season or even last year. So I think Detroit can move it. I don't think Jared Goff will be, you know, rattled whatsoever. And I think Brock Purdy probably plays better. The Debo Samuel angle is the one that's been on the top of everybody's list this week. And I'll just say this, guys. If he plays, and I guess he's been a little bit limited in practice, and that's done by design a lot of times, um, but it's a not fractured but close to fractured shoulder I would say that Dan Campbell, knowing Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, and those guys, if Debo Samuel takes the field, they'll take shots at that shoulder. And even if you know if that sounds crude to people, I would say this. That offense requires the wide receivers to block. And so aside from being a decoy in that game, does Debo Samuel have a huge effect if, in fact, he's not all that healthy? So I, I don't know. Um, that you could depend on him, but even without him, guys, I think that game could probably find its way up and over, although this number 's climbing. I mean, we saw fifty and a half fifty one fifty one and a half now, and some straight fifty twos out there
1: yeah it's it 's interesting how uh how different it might be, so we 'll see how those two offenses look it Is there a whole lot of worry you think about I mean you mentioned Brock Purdy maybe not uh being up to snuff in the last game. Uh, how likely do you see a bounce back uh, for him? I, I suppose that does kind of uh, hang in the balance a little bit as far as what the total might be. But uh, as far as San Francisco and getting their offense back into groove, I'm, I'm sure he, with, with how much attention he's gotten this year as an MVP candidate and things like that, he's got to be back to maybe what he, what he was in some of those bigger games that they had this year. And if it's you know a misfiring kind of night, then you, you might not see as much from San Francisco.
4: Yeah, I think it all comes back, Andy, to the fact that he's lucky to have the surrounding pieces that he does. It's a good offensive line. Although, again, I talked about the defensive front. The offensive line isn't quite the same either outside of Trent Williams, but it's still a good um, offensive line. The, um, The scheme is good. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's the best in the game at what he does, and they've got a tight end in George Kittle and receivers on and on. So I think he's a product of, what surrounds him. And I think in these conditions and with this defense, which just seems to be very much two things, right? Detroit can do two things. They can stop the run, although they didn't do a great job of it last week. I think Tampa Bay had six per carry against them in limited carries. And even still Baker Mayfield threw for over 300. Um, And they, and they rushed the passer with one guy, Aiden Hutchinson. So I don't know, um, you know, maybe these blitzes that Detroit ran last week heard him, but I think Brock Purdy will bounce back in, in short form answer to your question. I think he'll bounce back just because the conditions are better and the surrounding pieces he has to work with are really, really good.
1: Rob Vino of com with us on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. All right, Robbie, whether it's something in these two games we have and NFL championship weekend or, or anything else, college hoops and the like, all that's happening For the next uh, few days, what's your free pick that you want to make folks happy with?
4: Well, I'll go to the football because that's what everybody's interested in um, this weekend. And I'll say this, Andy, I shortened up that AFC game between Kansas City and Baltimore. And I'm going to play first half. Um, I'm going to take Kansas City plus the three points in the first half. It's funny. The game, Baltimore, is four points for the full game. And they're three for the first half. It's almost as if it's a foregone conclusion in a lot of people's minds that Baltimore is going to get off to this fast start. But I just don't know. Andy Reid is great at scripting the beginning of the game. I think that if Kansas city gets out in front, it becomes a little more difficult for Baltimore. And like I say, with that Washington, Michigan national championship game comparison, maybe the course of 60 minutes, wears KC down a little bit. Um, Cause they do have some injuries on that guys that'll play injured on that side of the ball. But first half, I think Kansas City knows we got to get out in front and we got a front run here because Baltimore's great at doing that and the Chiefs don't want to really be behind. So I tried Kansas City plus three first half. Um, hey, if I get the 10-10 tie that Houston got to last week, I'll be very happy.
1: Hey, that'll work. That'll play. So, again, plus three on the Chiefs in the first half of the AFC championship game. That's Robbie's. Free pick of the week. Great to have him here uh, on the Big Show on Fridays, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Sports and go to Wagertalk.com to read all their great stuff. Robbie, thanks so much for coming on. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk again soon.
4: Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: It is 442 here on the Big Show, KTGR and com, and, and, yeah, he, he does kind of like first halves in, uh, in in games, too, along with his totals. So, and Chiefs plus three, I mean, they're plus four for the game, right?
0: Yeah. Just for first yeah, half, I mean.
1: I mean
2: I if you think that. they hang in the first half, kind of like the Texans did. I mean, yeah. Texans should have had a halftime lead, Andy, yeah. against the Ravens. I don't, I mean, that's just good value, but at the same time, I'll be interested to see how We haven't like, seen the Chiefs start very
1: well uh, this year out. either, too, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: because we want to see how these possessions play out. Are you going to see... Quick strike offense because I don't know, man. With these defenses, it might be there might be a little bit of a feeling out process where you do see those sustained drives, kind of like you did to begin the, the game against the Bills. But how did those first drives end? Field goals. So, it, you know, if one team capitalizes with a touchdown on that drive, but the other one doesn't, it's a field goal. You could say, hey, they're playing a pretty even game, but it could be seven to three, and that plus three you still get bid on. But hey, if the Chiefs score that touchdown and hold the Ravens to a field goal, suddenly you're really feeling good. About the chance to... to, We're getting points with Patrick Mahomes this week. When does that ever happen in a playoff game? So it's it's very, very interesting.
1: Gotta love it. 875-KTGR. Tell us your uh, thoughts on those AFC Championship and NFC Championship games. We'll get to those at 5.05. But up next, under the bus, a Jeopardy contestant. Obliterating a Cardinals legend.
0: It's next. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on The Big Show.
1: Well, everyone's favorite St. Louis slugger, Albert Pujols. He caught a stray during Jeopardy the other
3: day. Okay. Take a listen. All this beautiful for 1200 please. This St. Louis Cardinals great slugged his 700th home run in 2022, his last season in Major League Baseball. Lloyd. Who is the wretched Albert Pujols? Wow, yes. (laughs) The answer is correct. I can't speak to the adjective. Go Cubs.
0: Oh!
2: I knew the Cubs thing had to be coming. Yep, I knew that part had to be coming. Yeah,
1: That was Lloyd, the Jeopardy contestant slash Cubs fan slash Pujols
2: hater. I enjoy that. I enjoy when sports Wretched. gets mixed a little bit into Jeopardy. I also enjoyed Ken Jennings go. Eh, I don't know about the adjective.
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> nice look to uh, the other. Nice look. He's back just. There. I'm staying out of this. I'm staying. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, getting away from all the Cardinals and Cubs pitchforks. You guys just have it out. That's
2: good. I'll be but back in were, Seattle. So, like, if you were on, if you were on Jeopardy, right, and there was an answer you knew, and yeah. you were called on the buzz, and right. it's a sports question like that, and right. you're a fan. Aren't you going to, like, kind of throw something in like that? I give Lloyd some credit. Absolutely, yeah. side of the rivalry, but it was, that'd be like if it I was went on too. And,
1: It was like he was ready oh, for the answer. It was
2: perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he was perfect. Well, if I were on there and, you know, the answer was obviously like Jose Altuve, I would say, oh, the buzzer guy. And then they would say, I don't know if that is That's not right. <laughs> they would hit the
1: buzzer on you instead because ah, you would be wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah.
0: Under the bus. Yeah.
1: Also, under the bus to Yasiel Puig. Man, this was crazy. Venezuelan League Baseball, huge brawl between these two teams. Yasiel Puig right in the middle of all the all of violence, to be honest you. Do you with want to you. know this how it was one of the, I have no idea how it started. How did it start,
3: Chris? Uh, because Royals third baseman Michael Garcia was flexing after hitting a home run. <laughs> <laughs> I was letting him Are know. New across That's faces.
1: Did it really start for something like that?
3: Yeah. Oh, give
2: me a break! So though, stupid. I like
1: that. Get over yourselves, people. It. Come on. Oh, man.
3: Garcia's kind of nice funny. like that. He needs to bring that energy to the season this year. I I'll would love that.
1: Come on. <laughs> but yeah, Yasiel Puig was was kind of in the line of fire and big time. So yeah. you know.
3: Did he win the fight? I have no
1: idea. I'm guessing no. It was kind of hard to see, uh, honestly, but it's a pretty crazy video if you see it out there.
2: Under the bus. Wild. I didn't know he was even still playing, trying to make a go. Well, him, so, you know.
1: I don't know if any major league teams are even willing oh, to give I'm a chance not. on him, but I think he's, thinking yeah, he's, thinking he's playing wherever he can play. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's that old. So I mean, why not? No, um,
2: a lot of off the field stuff, though, right? Sure. With him, yeah. So I think that's about yeah, exactly. The, the ship has sailed. As that's they kind say. of yeah, with the major league clubs for sure.
1: And uh, under the bus to Patrick Beverly, <laughs> he is apparently being accused of sending a, essentially a plant reporter, to the Magic press conference to ask a question to Wendell Carter Jr. So that. Pat Beverly could have content for his podcast. I, I guess I, I guess the Magic had lost to, uh, to Beverly's team and okay. had said, you know, he sent somebody there to, like, ask about, oh, Patrick Beverly's saying this about you, and he wanted to get Wendell Carter to essentially <laughs> respond to something that Patrick Beverly was maybe or maybe not uh, saying about this. So, I mean, it this was is
2: pretty good. I mean, this is, Patrick Beverly's kind of becoming my guy. He had the, he's the one who pulled out the camera, right? When LeBron uh, had the no call and, 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 and Beverly wanted it to be shown that he was fouled or something. And so the, he showed the referee. Yeah. I think, I think Pat Beverly is kind of becoming my guy. I like, I think this is a really. Thing. I don't know if the NBA loves it, but I I kind of do as an outsider. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's chaotic, and that's what I'm all about.
3: Can I make a declaration real quick before we move on? Um, this should be Adam Silver's green light to just ban any player in the NBA from starting their own podcast. That's enough. We've, Ooh, we, we've crossed the threshold. We're done. We don't I need any more.
2: Maybe I, if you're retired, try it, but there's just
0: too much. Sure
1: there's too much. Are we sure about that? Are we sure? Too
2: much. I, think, I think both sides are very compelling. There's yeah. compelling enough. arguments on both sides. I don't need to hear your it.
3: opinion like bench player number 6 for the hornets be gone <laughs>
2: that's pretty wow. good yeah, it's pretty what good. do you need a podcast for Under i don't care if you're bus. like
3: 34 and have been
2: in the league for like 10 years move on all right and i've got one more addition to the bus Yeah, you guys it's a fantasy football thing <clears throat> sort of have you heard of nffc i believe it stands for national fantasy football championship it's like a it's like a website i think that's okay. what it stands for but it's a website where they run big time contests and they're doing it throughout the playoffs right and so basically what happened is it was discovered that for one of these big contests that has a six-figure prize that they hand out there was a, an employee with admin access that was going in basically after games had been completed and changing the lineup for his buddy or his cousin someone he knows well to basically make it so this guy has a better chance to win the prize in the tournament and only the big-time game theory data nerds that were so invested in their own lineup trying to figure out how to maybe win this tournament and, and be different than... It came down to, like, they needed Kelsey and the other guy needed Rice. But it, after Kelsey starts catching touchdowns, they go back in and they're like, wait a minute, this guy that had Rice now has Kelsey like us. How is that possible? And it turns out it was this whole big gigantic scheme and basically... Hopefully this is not something that like we see on other sites that this has been going on, but it's like kind of blowing up in the fantasy world where this guy cheated, and it, I mean this is like criminal that we'd be talking about because no you're kidding. defrauding people of their belief that this was a fair contest. So kind of a big time scandal, but certainly something that that belongs in the bus today. And since it was fantasy related, you know, I had to go. Well, you
1: had to it's under the through. bus, but yeah, th- this guy was like changing out players, and he was almost For- like changing players in that had already scored oh, and things yeah, like and, that. It, and it the was, guys
2: start digging right. more, and then like Aaron Jones had a great game yeah. like a week ago, and he, they changed it in the same lineup. So like, widespread cheating potentially, but it's still kind of all
0: coming out. Yeah. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on The Big Show.
1: Sweetest thing is with our friends at The Candy Factory. Any day is a great day to get delicious hand-made chocolates and candies from The Candy Factory in downtown Columbia, online at the Candy Factory online. Com. Top 10 matchup at the Hearn Center tonight. Number nine, Mizzou Gymnastics is hosting number three, LSU. This is going to be a big time matchup. I think Gymnastics is at least planning that this is going to set an attendance record at the Hearn Center for a gymnastics event. Uh, there's wow. a whole lot of hype behind this one. And got to say, I like Mizzou's chances to get the dub tonight too. Gymnastic school. Ooh. gymnastics. school.
2: Gymnastic school indeed. This so this is LSU tonight. Yeah. But and where what are they ranked again? LSU? They're three. Mizzou's nine. Oh man. This is gonna be top ten battle. I like I'm I'm taking the good tigers, not the go tigers, not the yeah. not the bayou. Not, not the tigers, bayou. Bengals, tigers. Huh? The faux tigers. I like that a lot.
1: I like talk to we'll the Mizzou Tigers. We'll take the
2: Mizzou Tigers. That's right.
1: In the Rumble in the Gymnastics Jungle. Mizzou, good luck tonight at the Hearn Center. Also, good luck to Mizzou Wrestling on the road at number twenty, West Virginia this evening. Up next, who you got? Chiefs or Ravens in the AFC Championship game? Then our picks of the week at five forty-five here on the Big Show.